Welcome to Theosophia, a podcast for women's voices in theology. Today is round two with storyteller Julia Nussbaum. She shares about the genesis and purpose of her writing community project, Her Story. Julia began the project during her time working at Thistle Farms, a social enterprise helping women get off the streets. Inspired by Thistle Farms' theological vision of Love Heals, she created brave spaces for women to share their stories. Julia says, when you write down your own story, all of a sudden you realize the power inside you. Here's Julia and I's conversation about her beautiful, empowering project, Her Story. So you created this blog called Her Story. Yes. And it's your tagline is empowering women through storytelling. And I believe I was reading in the about section that a big part of the creation or genesis of this was your time at, at working at Thistle Farms. Yeah. It, I don't think this blog would have come about unless I had worked at Thistle Farms. Please explain what Thistle Farms is to the world and about that experience. <laughs> I, I think so much of of Becca Stevens' work and, and just yeah. everything that is Thistle Farms. I do too. And I just, I, I adored all like my time there immensely. Um, and so Thistle Farms is a social enterprise um, and they are a social enterprise that employs women who have survived trafficking, um, abuse, uh, homelessness, uh, life on the streets, life in prison. Um, And these women make natural bath and body products. And so the enterprises and they sell them and they also now have like a cafe and restaurant. They're actually really growing, um, but they first started with like natural bath and body products and also um, candles. Um, and they also have a um, a program called the Magdalene House where these women who are working at Thistle Farms will stay for, I think, two years. And in that time, they will be in recovery and um, they'll Magdalene helps them with counseling, like trauma counseling, and also um, helping them with doctor's appointments, helping them with uh, helping them fix their teeth, which I didn't think about until I got there that like having your teeth fixed and having nice teeth mm. is something that so many people take for granted that Absolutely. like can cost you jobs or Absolutely. like social things that I did not think about. Mm-hmm. until I got there. But um, so these women stay there and and live there for two years and then they kind of will transition out. I think there's um, some transitional housing and then also um, they, uh, let's see, this, so they stay in this transitional housing and then they can also keep working at Thistle Farms throughout that time. Um, and oftentimes they will get hired on there or they'll go find jobs of their own. And they'll be like graduates of Thistle Farms. So I, during divinity school, did an entire year-long internship with Thistle Farms. And in that time, 
I was there at like a really, I think, pivotal time for them. It was mm -hmm. the first, it was when they start, really started growing and taking off. They opened their cafe the year I was there. Um, and I think it was the first year they might have broken a million dollars in like revenue and sales. Nice. And so it was like, it was a big year of change and growth. Because mm -hmm. um, now if you look them up, like they're really expanding and I'm just like ecstatic for everything they're doing. Um, but there's lots of, there's lots of recovery programs out there and there's lots of programs for women that kind of look like this, but Thistle Farms is doing something. I don't know. Their the whole theology is love heals and that's their tagline. But more than mm -hmm. that, it's their theology. Yeah. And it's a theology of, you come here and we will love you. Like whatever you've done in the past, it is gone. You And you don't have to repent. You don't have to do any of these things for you to be part of this program. You just come here and be part of this program and we will love you. Mm -hmm. And it is unrelenting love. And it is a really deep and really powerful love. And so every Wednesday they do what they call a circle and they invite um, anyone. It's open to the public really. So anyone can come, but every Wednesday, everyone meets in a circle around a candle and they say that they light this candle for the woman who is still out there trying to find her way. Um, and they sit around the circle and they talk about why they're grateful to be there and why they're grateful for what is happening in the world or like what is happening in their lives. Um, and so it was just this really powerful story of, of love and just this really powerful theology of love. And I actually remember being in my pastoral care class at Vanderbilt. And we had to write about, maybe we had to write about our, like we had to write about some place where we saw theology happening all the time and like write about core theology of places. And a lot of people chose the churches they were working in. Yeah. And I chose Thistle Farms and, um, Bonnie Miller McLemore, who was teaching that class, said to everybody, she said, I think Thistle Farms might have a better theology than any church I've ever seen. <laughs> like she said it out loud after she read my paper. So, uh, um, but it's just, it was, it's just a beautiful place to work. Yeah. And so was it hearing the women's stories that made you really get into narrative and thinking about sharing stories, especially with women? So it was actually, um, I, during my time there, I did a, I did a lot of different things because they never really had like a, a certain place they wanted me to be. I helped with events. I helped with programming. Um, I, I did a lot of like different things for them. Cause I had like, I already had a background in, um, nonprofit events and like nonprofit programming. So I was helpful to them in that way. Um, but a, I did a lot with, a, with the women who were employees there, who women who weren't there because they were in recovery, but instead were employees there. Yeah. And my, um, I guess, mentor for our, our field ed said to me, I need you to get closer with the women here. She said, I think that you're afraid to talk to a lot of them. Um, and I think that I was, I think that I was afraid because they had been through things that I could never possibly imagine being through. Mm -hmm. 
and they had lived lives that I will never live. And I didn't know how to, how to, how to be friends with them, I guess, and how to really like bridge that gap and that divide between us. Um, And so she challenged me to get closer and like form relationships with these women and to talk to these women and like talk about their stories. Um, And a thing, one of the things that I helped with was teaching a, I guess we'll call it like a business class. It was like a business preparedness class. And so we would help women like with resumes and we would do mock interviews and we talk about like workplace conflict and things that they would need for when they went back out into the working world. Mm -hmm. Um, But also one of the things I did in that class was have women write out their stories of what happened to them. Mm. Um, And so being in that class, I got this idea I was like, well, I've always really enjoyed writing and it seems like a lot of these women like enjoy, they enjoyed writing and they enjoyed talking about um, stories and stuff. So I thought, well, something I could do is maybe I could start a creative writing class because often people will come teach yoga to the women or they'll do like different classes at Magdalene House. Um, And so I made like a little itinerary and I um, got approval and they let me come in and teach a creative writing class. And me being naive as I was, I thought, Oh, well, like I'll have some story prompts and we'll just like write stories. And, you know, that'll kind of be that, like, I, and that, that would be a way for me to get to form relationships with these women and to kind of be in contact with them and, you know, doing something that I knew how to do, which was creative writing. Mm-hmm. Um, but what turned out to happen was a lot of it, what we ended up writing was every time I would give a story prompt, it would no matter what it was, it would just turn into them talking, them writing about survival, them writing about their story, them writing about how happy they were to be in the place that they were now, to feel forgiven, to feel free. A lot of them like the word free happened all the time. Mm. Um, it's like they needed a space to process. Right. They needed this. They needed a space to process and to write their, like their truth of what happened to them yeah. down. That's, um, that's very empowering. It was. And it was. And I, one of the prompts that I remember doing, it was, I don't remember where I had gotten the idea for this prop, but it was a poem And every line started with the words, I am from. And so Mm. it was like a poem about like where I am from, what I am like. And a lot of them were like, I am from the streets of wherever they lived. And I am from hardship and I am from this. But then the end would become like, I am from forgiveness. I am from love. Mm. I am from beauty. Um, And so while we were doing this and I was watching this, happen and like seeing this pattern happen over and over again of like, you know, we're talking about the hardships and we're talking about the forgiveness. We're talking about the love. We're talking about the self-esteem. And often I wrote along with them because otherwise I would just be like sitting there while everyone else was writing. So I would, you know, bring a notebook and I would do the exercises along with them. And so I started learning a lot of about myself too and I'm processing a lot about like my life and my childhood and like how I feel about myself and 
all of a sudden I was just like, whoa, like if I feel this way and other people feel this way and like these women feel this way, like probably every woman that I know feels this way. Mm -hmm. Um, I was like, it'd be really cool to start some sort of like, at first I thought like a storytelling nonprofit and I couldn't figure out like, I was thinking too big. And so I started with like, okay, well, what if I just did a blog and I told stories about women and then I thought, well, I don't want to interview them because I want it to be their words. And so mm-hmm. it kind of snowballed from there. And I started the blog in July of 2015. Mm-hmm. And what I had done before that was reach out to like a bunch of women that I knew to ask them if they would write for me so that I had like multiple weeks of writers set up before I started the blog. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was really scared to do it because I was so afraid that people would tell me it was a stupid idea or not like my idea. Um, And so part of me asking people to write for me was also almost like asking for permission of like, do you think this idea is stupid or do you want to do it? Um, So that I could start the, so that I knew like there might be some interest in it. Um, And so I started it and right away, people were into it and like people that I knew were into it. Um, I was going to say, has anyone said no to you? No, no one's ever said no. And now I don't even have to ask people to write. Actually now people submit all the time. So like, that's awesome. I no longer am like, Hey, would you please write for me? Um, and that's, it's great. It's a cool spot to be in. Um, it's a huge affirmation. Yeah, it is. And it's, and yeah, I get women who will email me and just be like, I think what you're doing is really great. And I love, that you have a space for this and there's space that isn't judgmental. Cause no, I don't let, I mean, I've never seen any, no one's ever commented and been like, Oh, this is a stupid story. Um, right. But I don't think I would let that happen if they did, but Mm -hmm. um, it's just like, it's a community to empower one another to tell, to tell stories and to tell our own stories. And it's kind of a, a judgment free space. And I like to call it, a brave space rather rather than a safe space because it is out there on the internet. So anything can happen on the internet, but it's a space to be brave and kind of voice your own story and your own truth and, you know, put your narrative into words because Mm -hmm. there is nothing more powerful than when you write down your own story and look at it and think, Oh my God, look at all these things that I'm connecting in my life and look where I come from and look what I've done. And like, all of a sudden you realize like the power that's inside of you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, it's really cool. And the other thing that made me think of just in terms of talking about like theology, like narrative in terms of theology and what it does and sharing our stories with one another. When you said you were writing along with the women with the same prompts and you guys were sharing together and it was almost like you were helping each other process and heal from whatever it was. So this kind of communal act of. Yeah, it is. It's a very, and I like to call her story like a community Mm -hmm. um, because I think it is a community of storytellers and a community of women who are helping each other process. Um, And I think when I wrote along with those women at Thistle Farms, I think it brought me I think it brought us to like a level platform of like where I felt like we could connect with each other where before I, I felt like I wasn't connecting with anyone. And like, then through words, we were able to like make that connection. Um, And I think through the community of her story, I've, 
I've seen that connection happen multiple times. I think the strongest time I saw it happen was I did a series on um, pregnancy loss Mm -hmm. and women wrote in and shared their story on, you know, losing their pregnancies and um, miscarriage or infertility. And I, multiple people told me that reading those stories, like gave them the courage to talk about their own story. And part of that was because, you know, no one talks about miscarriage or infertility. Like it's just not talked about it. It's so, so common. Um, And so talking about that, and I did another one on, um, I think it was self-esteem. I can't remember. I think, oh, it was on like purity culture. I did a theme on purity culture Mm -hmm. and multiple women wrote in to that one. And I wrote a piece for that one too. And I saw um, my line, like the way that I have felt about the church and my body and stuff. Like I saw that reflected in many people's stories. Mm -hmm. And I thought, what, what, like what's happening to all of us that we're all like, getting this message like pushed on us, but also like how cool that we're all in this space, like sharing and talking about it. And maybe yeah. somebody else who feels this way about their body yeah. is going to read this and know like you're not alone. Other people also feel this way. Right. I'll never forget. Um, I was a huge, do you remember Jennifer Knapp? Yes. Okay. I hope to have her on here sometime. I've met her a couple times because she's at Vanderbilt now. Um, yeah. My first roommate in Nashville was very good friends with her. Oh, very nice. Um, so anyway, she I was a huge fan growing up and I really connected with her music. And then she disappeared, you know, for like 12, 13 years. Just yeah. Like disappeared. Yeah. And um, I, in high school, I was the most like into her music that was about the time when she was kind of started disappearing and I always told my friends I bet it's because she you know she was gay and she didn't know how to handle it because I was gay and didn't know how to handle it so yeah I bet um yeah and her music just spoke to me in a way that I don't think anyone else like engaged with it and I just knew like we had something in common and anyways she finally released that memoir Oh, did she? I need to she read did. it. She, I, I loved her as well. Like I had all of her albums, I think. Yes. Her and also Shelley Wright, the country music singer. I don't know um, if I know who that is. They both wrote memoirs. And I remember immediately like going to buy it and just reading like the first couple pages. I mean, I, I wept. Ugh. I wept and wept and wept. And this was the time where... um you know, part of my story, I didn't really come out, come out until I was probably 24. It was, it took me a very, very long time and it was very painful and difficult with my family and my church. I mean, it was just, it was a whole thing for a very long time. And reading their stories gave me so much, uh, comfort and like just psychological soothing that like I there was no way I could get from anyone else yeah reading other people's stories and I think hearing other people's stories it's all of a sudden like oh I'm not alone in how I feel about this or I'm not alone in what has happened to me like this has happened to multiple other people and I've had people write in um to stay anonymous, they they asked to stay anonymous, and that's fine with me. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to tell the story. Like, if you don't want your name connected with it, that's 
absolutely fine and I won't do that. But I've had people write in about, you know, um, uh, domestic violence and mm-hmm. about um, abortions and a, a just stories that I think need to be shared because if there's somebody else yes. out there who feels like they can't tell that story yet to, to know that they're not alone, like somebody else has gone yes. through that and like they have come out on the other side. Yes. And that's part of my theology too. And maybe I think this directly has to do with the th- a theology of love that maybe Becca's instilling at Thistle Farms is I try to be so transparent and authentic and not just who I am as a person, but also in my, all my writing I do is very raw and it's very personal because I don't, I personally do not think that we can truly help one another if we're not just real, you know? Yeah. If we don't share our stories and share how we really feel and what's really going on, I can't help anyone. Yeah. You can't can't help anyone. Yeah. I think we don't share our, our true selves. Yeah. That's like a core of like what I, what I believe when having people share their stories on the blog. And I always say like in my writing guidelines, it says I will, I'll welcome any topic as long as it's true and it's about you. It's like, bring it on. Right. I haven't turned anything away yet. Um, and so uh, I will welcome anything. And part of my, <laughs> part of what I do for that, then I don't want this to be a platform that caters to like really elite writers either. Um, and so I give a lot of help, like with writing and rewriting stories to make them like readable. Cause I don't know, sometimes I get people who want to write in and want to tell their story, but maybe aren't writers themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I take a lot of time and care and like helping people kind of craft their story into something that they can tell, because I think it's important for your words to get out there um and maybe when if the blog like takes off one day i'll have to be more choosy just because i will have maybe cross your fingers more content than i have days to put it up or something yes Yes. but until then like i want people's stories to be told and i want them to have a place to feel like they can tell it so Mm -hmm. i try to take care and like i don't know i consider it kind of an act of love to like help edit your story so that it can, it can be a really good piece that people want to read because people, I mean, as much as it's, um, I want to tell stories. I also want, I also want the blog to grow and become popular. And so I want, Mm -hmm. I want to be presenting good content, Mm -hmm. Um, but I, I work to make that happen because I want, I also want those stories to be out there. And I'm, I try to be, like you said, as transparent as possible about those things Mm -hmm. about telling people like, you know, if you, if you feel like you want to write in, but you're not feeling like you're the best writer, like send it anyways. And I'll help. I'll, I'll try my best to help you if I can. Right. Right. That's awesome. That's, that's a really great skill set to help empower people. Just the act of writing and, and giving, it's a way to give people voice. Like you said. Um, Yeah. That's really obvious, right? Like <laughs> you wouldn't think like we'd have such a hard time doing these types of things, but we do. 
I think for so long, like writing and storytelling has been like this almost like elite thing where we're just like, well, only really good writers who like went to school for this get to yeah. you know, tell stories. Yeah. And it's just not true. Like literally everyone has a story to tell and everyone yeah. has something to say. Um, and so I want those voices who like don't think that they have anything to say mm-hmm. to, to tell me about themselves because you do and you have a really interesting story. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the same way, like it also, her story also piques my, um, my interest in like history and like keeping histories alive. I did a lot of studying of oral history when I was in college. And so this project is also kind of an oral history project in a way of like women telling stories about themselves as first person accounts. Um, and it's a way to kind of archive women into history and keep mm-hmm. the narrative of women alive because yeah. oftentimes, unless you did something really great or really, really bad, you didn't right. make it into the history books. You're right. What's that quote? Uh, well-behaved women don't barely make history. <laughs> yeah, it's so true. <laughs> so I'm trying to let the behaved and the the well-behaved and the non the non-well-behaved on a level of, platform here. All of them. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Well, that is so huge because women haven't written their stories historically. They really haven't. No. Yeah. They their stories have been written by the white men who always write history books. So I, you know, I want to, I want to rewrite that narrative and put us at the forefront of our own stories. Absolutely. And that's why I was like, I have to have you on the podcast, obviously, because (laughs) I feel like I'm doing what you're doing, but via podcast. Yeah, I really, and I've often had people tell me like, oh, you should do a podcast with her story. And I just, I honestly think part of it is because I well, writing is so huge for you. Yeah, I'm better with words and I'm better with writing things down. And I don't know if I want to just interview people. Like, I don't know if I would, that's not my, what I would be good at. I don't think. See, I'm the more relational talker. Like that's, I really enjoy sitting down and having a beer with someone and just talking about life and theology. That's like my favorite thing to do. Right. Yeah. So this made more sense to me. Although I love writing very much, um, but you're definitely um, super skilled at it. Wait, wait, me. (laughs) I think that for me, I mean, I came at her story with like a theological background, which I think comes out sometimes in the way that I word things or talk about things on the blog. Um, These days I'm making, these days I like, I'm getting a lot more um, engagement. And so I have like ramped up being like, talking about writing and I've been giving like writing tips and stuff like that, like on, um, on our social media and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But I love going back to the basics of like, why did I start this? And why am I like, what is, what is the reason that I'm here for the blog? I've been working on, um, doing writing. I'm going to start creating writing workshops for the blog. Um, and I'm about to, well, I'm about to turn it into a business, um, like an actual real, like, business in the world and um which start. I'm so proud of you for thinking and doing that because I I've told you this before we need we need women doing more with the gifts and talents you have and monetizing yeah t- and it's just it's been the only thing that I've wanted to do for at least a solid year yeah. um so I felt like it was time to start that and so I'm working on outlining um online workshops and then um 
in-person workshops and then school-aged workshops for writing and storytelling. And then the school-aged ones are going to also have kind of a component of writing and storytelling and self-esteem building Mm -hmm. um, and what it means to like own your own story and be part of your own story and like have the courage to talk about yourself and to give voice to like the things that you want to give voice to. Um, So just the blog is, it's growing and it's building. And I think I'm that it's going to rebrand here in the next couple months um, to just her story without the blog part on it. Um, Mm -hmm. So just it's growing and becoming something. It's awesome. I'm so excited to see what happens and get to engage with it myself some more. Yeah, I'm excited. I think, I think 2018 will be a good year for it. So where can people find you on social media and her story spelled a little differently, right? Like what's the website? Yeah. So her story is spelled H E R S T R Y B L G.com is the website. Mm -hmm. Um, So there's just no O's in, in it's her story blog without the O's. Um, and that's our same handle on Instagram and Twitter. Mm -hmm. Um, and on Facebook, we're just her story blog. Mm -hmm. And yeah, so, and we have a pretty, a pretty good, um, Instagram and Facebook community. I feel like, you know, I've used social media to market this blog because I don't make any money. So that's been kind of the way that I've been doing it. And it's been a fun way to engage with people. And I've, gotten many of my writers off of social media. So come join us because we do have like a pretty robust community and it's pretty fun. Thanks again, Julia, for sharing your story and doing the work of empowering women's voices through storytelling. I implore all of Theosophia listeners to check out the Her Story community online. There's some really amazing conversations happening over there and great connections to be made with the human family. Join me next week as I speak with my dear friend Chanhee Hyo, a Disciples of Christ pastor and Korean immigrant. Until then, have a great week, y'all. Peace.